I don't have anything clever to say because I thought of something really good last night, but it was like darkness in my room. The brightness was up on my phone. I wasn't writing it down. And before I knew it, I was already asleep. No, I do that all the time because I'm like, I love the like keep a journal next to your bed thing so that like if you have an idea you can write it down like I think that's so smart and I do it but I, I don't write anything down um you have every intention of doing it I have every intention to do it. it I have a pen I have everything but like literally seriously when the idea comes into my head I'm like I'll remember this I this is not something I'm gonna forget and then I'm of course like, oh, fuck. <laughs> all good right morning. good morning roll intro <laughs> This is Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter and we'll be a little smarter and it'll be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Just turn us off. Oh, all right. On that note, we're throwing down. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffey Levine. And I'm Jess King. And we are actually recording this on Wednesday. We usually do it on Tuesdays, which actually kind of ended up being for the best because a lot happened last night. So let's just jump right in. Yeah, I just need to address the awkwardness of what's in my camera angle as I feel like a lot of New Year's post-Christmas haters are going to be on my face. Oh, I have my Christmas. I still have my Christmas tree up. And part of that is because, one, my family got their tree so late. And two, I was quarantined for most of Christmas. So I didn't even get to look at and admire the beauty of my Christmas tree just sitting in my living room. So we kind of decided to keep it up for a little bit longer because I love Christmas trees. And... I didn't get to see mine. So that's that. So anyway, we're just going to- No, I completely <laughs> respect and agree with that because I also still have my Christmas tree up. There's a lot of people who get very Today's passionate about the fact that in the new year, the Christmas tree should be gone. Oh, I, I mean, it, that's great for them. I just, for me, I like keeping it up because first of all, right. I like the Christmas season. I feel like I work really hard or everybody works really hard to like make it happen. So I'm like, let's enjoy it. We also yeah, like, why don't we just throw it away? Yeah, we usually get our tree the day, the Saturday after Christmas. Um, and that just like didn't work out this year because of like COVID and everything. Um, so we got ours late also. So I'm, I was definitely like, I'm milking this till it's core. Exactly. Like, Maybe I'll take the ornaments off later. Well, and then also to note in your defense, today is little Christmas. So that's always been my mom's thing of like, we like keep it up. Um, this was planned. Everything this, else this was on I, take, I take everything back. I did this on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I made a gingerbread house last night. Me and my, we, we had we made the gingerbread dough. Oh, you made it. See, I would just buy like the. Oh no, I make it because I like doing shit like that. But okay. um, no, Crap. so I made the dough on like the twenty third. And it has to chill for, like, 24 hours. So I'm like, okay, great. 24 hours, we'll make it on Christmas. It'll be awesome. And here we are, like, a week later. But that was my mom's thing. She's like, it's a little Christmas, whatever. And it's also, like, honestly, normalized gingerbread houses year-round. Um, gingerbread cookies. They're delicious. Are, every time I have a gingerbread cookie, I'm like, why is this a reserved Christmas thing? Because they honestly might be, like, they are just so good. And I... It, I, I just want to have them all the time. There's this bakery I go to that has them in like different seasons. Like they make them seasonal and they have them year round. And I've always really liked that. Um, so yeah. I could have cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I would. And with that being said. We'll actually jump right in. News updates. Um, okay. So 
like we said, it was kind of cool that we're recording this morning because a lot happened last night. Um, most importantly that everyone probably knows, Devonta Smith, um, the wide receiver from Alabama, won the Heisman last night, which is super cool because it's the first time in like a very long time that a non-quarterback has won. Um, I think it's great because it gives like a stamp of importance to offensive skills players that, you know, maybe if they were getting discouraged of never winning the Heisman, you know, not that they wouldn't try, but it's always nice to see proper representation around college football. Um, other things that happened last night, uh, the World Junior Hockey Cup went on, yeah, and baby. Team USA beat Canada 2-0, and and they won the gold. And because of that, it was really nice because the NHL starts up next week, so we'll do an NHL show next week, so we won't really talk much about that right now. Yes, I have a question for you about the, hockey, about the um, World Junior Tournament. Yes. Did you – not grow up. Like, when you were a teenager or whatever, was that, like, a really big deal in your school? Or no? So I didn't really What's the hockey vibe on Long Island or in the city? Hockey's huge. So I didn't go to high school on Long Island. So it's huge. Actually, one kid from um, Long Beach where I live now, you know, he's on um, the Bruins, Charlie McAvoy. So it was kind of a big deal. Like I, I think he was... He was on Team USA's, like, junior hockey. So, like, it's it's a really big deal, you know, the Islanders. And I never got into hockey until a couple of years ago when I was already living on Long Island. So I'm actually an Islanders fan, not a Rangers fan. But when I was in the city, like, it was all basketball. And, like, yeah, no, totally. No, no I just paid attention because we didn't have, like, hockey to play, like, in high school. as like a No, school. exactly. I always think some, like, things like this are really interesting. Maybe one day we'll do, like, a regional sports thing of how, like, mm-hmm. Um, there are just people that like did not grow up with playing hockey or with their friends playing hockey, yeah. which is like a huge, and uh, understandably like other places, it's not as big of a thing. It really just depends on like what type of facilities you have around. So like exactly. lacrosse and, and hockey so, are big on Long Island because they have more space to make arenas and to have fields and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's the thing of like, I feel like my Twitter timeline was very populated with the hockey tournament last night and mm-hmm. it didn't leave me anything. I was like is everybody's or am I, did I, was I surrounded by a very, yeah, it definitely wasn't mine. Like the only reason I watched it was I was working last night. So I like had it on the TV. Okay, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it was at nine 30 at night. So nobody was really watching it with me cause we were closing, but like I watched it as I like cleaned up. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and it's like the same thing of like you and I were never, no one ever told us something we could do is play water polo because we're from the East coast, never. California. That is like the thing to do. But my brother actually played water polo in high school. Oh, that's sick. He went to school in New Jersey. Oh. But it, I don't, it was weird. He had like a really weird school. Anyway, um, so other news, Red Sox hired Bianca Smith for their minor league. Let's go. So she is now the first black female coach in professional baseball. Um, In Saturn news, the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID going into the playoff weekend. Um, Well, I'm going to make a point here about like the NFL in general in that I feel like this was, I mean, this season was just to be blunt fucking awful because like there were the COVID regulations were just not up to par or even close. However, it was a dumpster fire. Yeah. But it was a really, really interesting season of football. Like it was really and I always say this, like, I like, I mean, I think most people do, most sportsmen like when games are even, like when there's always a blowout, when the Patriots are playing the Browns, 
it's not fun to watch, right? or the, exactly. the, the team formerly known as the, the Patriots. Patriots. The team formerly known as the New England Patriots. Coast of the New England Patriots. <laughs> um, like, those games would come on, and it was, like, kind of like a, the Patriots are my team, and it was kind of like, a, okay, what other games are on, you know? Um, yeah. And this year, I really just felt like every single game, not like any given Sunday, anybody could win it, it's anybody's game, but something interesting was going to happen, whether it be not even during the game, but like what it meant for like the rest of the division. And by interesting, I don't mean like high quality play or whatever. Like I'm like, who's going to lose the NFC worst this week? Like things like that. It was just a very like this season for football, the, both the, the Browns and the Bills being in the playoffs, I think is not that the Browns <laughs> and Bills are comparable at all, but um, seeing teams that have not made the playoffs in several, several, several years is, I think, makes for a very entertaining NFL season and is going to make for a very entertaining playoff season. I hope the Browns win it all. Uh, if that was the Cinderella, it's going to be pretty tough. It would be. Oh, it's going to be super tough. I have like weird. Uh, who do you? So we'll we'll get into this later. We're doing the playoff yeah. picture later, and I'm just jumping into it too quick. So you can finish the news. Well, so that's kind of all we have for the news, but there is something I would like to do. First, um, this is January 6th. It's our first episode in the new year. And I would like to take some time to reflect on what has gone on in the past six days so far in terms of the NFL. Like, my personal life is a disaster. We all know that. So let's not even get into it. Um, So it seems as though a certain number of head coaches in the NFL um, remain in, like, a safe zone throughout the years. And then most notably, the headline of this would be Bill Belichick. You know, he has super job safety tenure as a head coach. Um, But that is unfortunately not the case for a lot of head coaches in the NFL, as we know. So while we said goodbye to many terrible things in 2020, there are a couple more coaches that we had to say goodbye to in 2021. And the NFL playoffs are in full swing. And some people are just throwing the book out the window. You know, they're out and they said, Time to get rid of all this useless weight in our organization, as I so kindly would like to put it. Um, We already said bye to Bill O'Brien of the Texans back in October. So, and the same with Dan Quinn for the Falcons, Matt Patricia from the Lions. But we kind of all saw that coming after their abysmal starts for the season. Um, In great news in New York, we can finally say goodbye to Adam Gase, who was seeming to be like a flea in a struggling organization. Um, He was fired earlier this week, specifically five hours, a little bit less than five hours after their loss to the Patriots, which ended their season. He went nine and 23 in the last two seasons. So this was kind of a no brainer and everyone was just waiting for this to happen. Um, It's not really shocking that he got fired, but it's great. Um, There's no word yet on any new hires, but in their sad honor and in honor of the organizations that they disappointed, we're going to be taking a moment of silence to say a sweet goodbye or a not so sweet goodbye to the men that were the bane of their existence for many fandoms. New York seems a little bit happier now that Adam Gase is no longer with us. So we're going to have a moment. Psych, they stink. We're not having any moment. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) Um, So on that, yeah, a lot of coaches were fired and I'm not saying I would be a better NFL coach. Everyone loves to be like, oh, you think you'd be better at it? No, I don't. But I think that's why I'm not an NFL coach. No, exactly. I'm like, I don't think I'd be better at it, but I think they should be better at it if it's their job and they're making a boatload of money to do it. And this is the NFL. Yeah. Um, On the subject of the coaches that were fired this past weekend, um, there is something like very important 
and interesting that has been talked about a little bit on Twitter, not really um, big in the news or anything, but like um, regarding the language that's used to talk about coaches that have gotten fired. So basically um, ESPN tweets that the Jets have parted ways with head coach Adam Gase. Um, They say that the Jaguars and head coach Doug Marone have parted ways. Um, the, the, and then when it came to Anthony Lynn, it says the chargers have fired coach Anthony Lynn. Um, if you're unaware, Anthony Lynn is a black head coach and, um, Doug Marone and Adam Gase are white. Um, so it's a little bit of like an eyebrow raising thing and a red flag when, and this caught, this forced me to kind of think back on the language used when anytime I see a coach fired and it did kind of make me realize, and I don't have any like data on it, but. they usually go with the term parted ways. Um, I don't necessarily know why they did that, why they do that. It's like a bad breakup where you're trying to like be friends afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that, I mean, I, that sentiment's nice of like, let's not hurt anybody's feelings, but I I think there's a little bit thing of like, you're not burning bridges or whatever, but, um, call it what it is. They were fired, right? Yeah. Like they were fired. You had a day, it's still a business and that was your job and now it's not. So. Exactly. You were fired. Um, and it's nice to say you parted ways, but tr- like that's, that's what happened. Um, so what it feels like there's this kind of walking, I don't know if it's walking on eggshells or this like caution and using language to not make it sound too harsh. Um, then when a black head coach is fired and they just blatantly say he was fired, which is parted ways and fired, one kind of has a more positive connotation. One has a more negative connotation. Right. Um, it's definitely flag raising. Like it's definitely a red flag. Um, and the whole thing, I've seen a lot of people tweet about it, um, which I think was good that people are noticing something like this, because I think this is something that can totally fly under the radar, but this is like an example of how the things that the WNBA and the NBA and the NFL and players in that major league baseball, like the peaceful protests, things like that, um, and how important they are is because these, microaggressions of racism are so 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 deeply embedded in like every fiber of our society that they come out in ways like this where it's like oh well it's not a racist organization and it's like okay yeah you're not you're not supporting police brutality but when you use language like that differently for white coaches and black coaches that's also part of the problem so i think my my over my i don't really have like a super big point here other than that like i think it's really important that people are noticing that and that we're talking mm-hmm. about it because these are the small ways in which we all have to change and do things like this because people might not even realizing realize that they're doing it um, because it's so deeply embedded in every fiber of society but noticing it learning that it happens and growing from that and being better about it, I think is a a really good step in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, like a a lot of like naysayers and stuff will be like, well, you know, how many times can you say parted ways? You know, you think you don't want to be repetitive in your (laughs) word choice, but it's almost like, (sighs) but it's just Uh, a little too convenient. Like, Like, and that's the thing, like when you say that, I think not. Like when you say that, it my eyes just totally roll because I'm like, people will really give any right. reason, any reason to like excuse things like this. It's just um, like I just don't believe that. Like, yeah, you know, like that's just it. Um, but one point I wanted to get into before we go into our playoff picture and kind of discuss the games coming up this weekend in the NFL is while we were just criticizing um a couple of the coaches who unfortunately couldn't get the job done for whatever reason in an organization one two fucking games like i don't know what the fuck you think is gonna happen like not even like no one not even like 
close. Like, you got blown out for, like, eight of them. And and it, it was tragic. I, I've probably, I'm sure a lot of Jets fans have went on crying after games. Um, but I wanted to applaud some coaches who have done a great job so far this season. I'm going to go through this kind of quickly because I think it's a lot of it's like, okay, yeah, duh, we know, right? Um, so Andy Reid and his defending champs, obviously, yes, they're probably, I think, have a good chance at going back to back for Super Bowls. Um, Sean McDermott and his never seeming to quit bills, um, as you know, they're kind of killing it. Uh, right now, I'm currently riding the Bills train going into the playoffs because I New think I am. That's what's up. Can I admit something? Is this a safe space? It's always a safe space. Tell I me. think I yeah. might be too. Riding the Bills train? Like looking at the playoff picture and stuff, I was like, who do I feel? I mean, and I, I we've talked about this before, but like, do you have a, like asking you, like, do you have a Western, uh, Western Conference team or like whatever, stuff like that. Um, and I've always, just because I grew up going to San Francisco a lot, I've always been a fan of the 49ers, but, um, you know what? I'll save this for the playoff picture. You continue. Well, well, I'm definitely riding the bills train just because like, if neither of my New York teams, like were able to go for it, which is another conversation about the Eagles that I'm not emotionally ready to talk about. Um, but anyway, Mike Vrabel and the Titans, they're in the mix, even though they are of the reason why I'm out of my survivor pool in one of their midseason losses. I will forget it and still give them credit. Um, I also want to include Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, although they kind of had a lackluster performance in the last two weeks. It makes them a little bit less dominant, in my opinion, going into the playoffs, but uh, we'll see what they do. Um, they still have a top-tier defense, defense and, like, a really good offense, so whatever. Um, Matt LaFleur and the Packers, obviously, and credit is given to Aaron Rodgers, in that situation because I don't really I mean LaFleur's a great coach but I think a lot of that credit can be given from Aaron Rodgers being legendary and just the way that he is so I think Sean Payton is another one in my conversation of a super tenured coaching category um so there you go round of applause um and then one more one more note on coaching there's not like um I feel like I don't see a ton of news about it but the Bianca Smith hiring is I'm is like incredibly historic and awesome. Like to have a black woman as a head coach um, or not a head coach, but as a coach in a major league baseball organization is she's um, minor league. Yeah. Minor league. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy, crazy. Awesome. I don't really have a more intelligent word for it, but, um, and then it it feels really awesome. Not in the same, I'm not, I know it's not technically the same year, but the same kind of like cycle of baseball as, the Kim Ang hiring. Yeah, like um, the same offseason. It feels so incredibly like and I, I it doesn't I know that there's so much more work left to be done, like so, 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 so much. But two women of color being hired in like historic roles in the same kind of season cycle just feels like incredibly like, okay, maybe we are making a step in the right direction. Um yeah. and they need to keep doing it though. Like it's the, I'm saying that and I'm like, it feels like an awesome step in the right direction, but really like is a step in the right direction because I'm like, okay, maybe everybody's wising up now. And so it's like, keep doing this, keep hiring women of color, keep hiring women, um, keep hiring people of color to um, coach your teams. Coaches are so bad. And that's the whole thing of like, they're like, oh, well, who's next in line for it? Becky Hammond's next in line for a coaching job in the NBA. Um, And Bianca Smith obviously was like, were there – Got, were there white guys who had like a really great resume that would be a great minor league coach? Yeah, but like she also did, and she ended up being the most qualified candidate. So yeah, like, let's try something. So let's do it. Let's do it, people. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Let's jump in to the NFL playoff picture. Um, okay, let's talk. First round by Kansas City, Green Bay. I don't really feel like I have a ton to say on that because I think – Fair, um, obviously, yes. Their second round, I feel like they're – No, so let's talk, like, are either of these teams to you Super Bowl contenders? Definitely, 100%. I think if I had to, to pick, I would pick those two. I mean, obviously, you want to see, like, an underdog come in the mix, but I think those are the two have been – consistently the most dominant so far this season it's not really like when I mentioned the Steelers like we talked about the Steelers being great so great for 11 weeks and then completely I'll use a word in my friend vernacular putzing it in the last couple weeks which means like you like you just did something really stupid you put it so it's like that's what they just did that's so kind of like transitioning like again I think we're both on the same page like Kansas City and Green Bay I think it, if I saw a Kansas City Green Bay Super Bowl I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest I hope it's something a little bit more interesting because yeah I, because then that's also like you're either gonna get it could either be really good or really really bad like it could be a really high scoring Super Bowl which is something we all like to see nobody likes to sit around staying up super yeah. late watching a Super Bowl that really doesn't even break 10 points that stinks I mean great for defense but that's not what the average people that watch the Super Bowl aren't people that are watching every game every single week. Like yeah. people are turning in, and that's probably the only football game they'll watch all year, let alone the only sporting event they will watch all year, mm-hmm. minus if it was an Olympic year. Like that's it. So nobody, they want it to be exciting. So then next year, they'll draw in like a whole set of new viewers watching regular season games. So that could be really good or really bad. They could just kind of counteract each other and not have high scoring game, or they can just go so hard and we could see Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes going at it. I mean, but I don't really know if I want to see that because I think a lot of people like myself love an underdog vibe. Yeah. So, and I just think my official like Super Bowl pick is not Kansas city green Bay, but I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Now, my next point is that I think if, the Steelers didn't do what they did for the last four weeks. If it was a little bit different, um, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation right now. 100%. Um, and that with that, like, I think because of that and what they're coming off of, I don't really feel awesome about Pittsburgh in the, in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think they're going to lose to the Browns. I mean, if they did, like what, I think they're going to beat the Browns because but I, I don't think they go really, further than that. Like the Browns already beat them on Sunday, which is fine. But I think that because it's a rematch, it's like going to be really hard for them to go in with the same energy with not only their head coach, but a couple other coaches and their coaching staff gone um, to beat the Steelers again, because I think the Steelers are like, oh my God, we literally just lost to the Browns. There's no way in hell I'm going to let that happen again. But who knows? Anything can really happen. Um, Um, You want to go through the wildcard playoff games for this weekend yeah so we just did pittsburgh cleveland so check check um Um, okay so afc we'll stick with the afc um well because also one more thing now that i'm looking at it the (laughs) cleveland won one less game than pittsburgh pittsburgh was fucking undefeated for the entire season and now they have a game better record than Cleveland. Yeah, because it, it's it's like weird the way it really yeah. You know, people always say this about like Tom Brady. Like he turns it on in the second half of the season. Um and then it goes so far. Like you can completely 
you don't want to, but you can kind of butcher the beginning half of your season and still do fine. I mean, I think that they had very opposite with the giants. Like they shouldn't have been so salty about the Eagles, even though Mm -hmm. naturally they were because they should have turned it on like two weeks before. Um, so then you don't really have to rely on another team to secure your well, Yeah, then you're behind. Exactly. Um, your, your fate's in another man's hands, so exactly. they say. Okay, so Baltimore and Tennessee. I'm going to go the Titans with that one. I'm going to go Baltimore. Okay. Right. Not just to have a controversial opinion. Um, but I think my lackluster take on that one is that I don't Whoever wins that game is out in the next round. So that's why I was just kind of like, meh. Yeah, that's also, that's also true. Um, Bills and now, Colts. Bills, Colts. I'm taking the Bills. Me too. And I might – I don't know. I just might be, like, naive as fuck. But – It I, could be, but I don't know. Why, they, no, they, why do like, – No, but – I feel <laughs> like the Bills could – I'm whispering because of how – weird this feels to say i feel like the bills could go to the super bowl and i have a reason for it i'll start i'll start talking at a normal volume again um my reason being is that i feel like i've seen the bills this season play like a very and this is a very subjective take so if you disagree good um because it's just made sense in my own head a very like classic type of football like if if the nfl playoff teams were movies this the bills are like the Shawshank Redemption or like Goodfellas. Like it just is it feels very like watching it like it's very clean that. and classic and to the point. And like it's not it's not all this crazy shit. It's not the Seahawks like never playing in a normal football game, like anything like that. Like it just feels very like they win and they lose a few games and then they win a bunch and they're gonna go and do it. And it's very like like the Bills are like the boyfriend that has like a stable nine to five job and makes like a decent living that you want to bring home to your parents, but he's never going to be like, you know what we should do? We should like go to Spain this weekend for fun. Like very, just like shit, like very good, but there's not like, it's not anything like crazy. You know what I mean? Was that a bad, did that make sense? Or was that just like so much sense to me? I feel like, on the other side of that, because they're like, if you're missing that spontaneousness, that little like kind of edge exactly, that, like, you're missing the, toxic the eggs, and that's the would have. That's what's not going to bring you to the Super Bowl. So, and then I think that's the missing piece that doesn't make the Bills. So the we kind of have to see how they carry themselves into this weekend. But listen, sometimes the boring guy with a nine to five job is the one you end up with. So that's why I'm just saying, like, I'm, I don't, I just feel like I'm not in a, a, it depends if the NFL and the Super Bowl and Roger Goodell love toxic men. That's actually kind of funny. I didn't get it for a second, but that's actually a really good point. Because if they Um, do, then the Bills, I'm sorry, you're a good contender and they're going to lead you on for a little bit, but they're always going to go to the bad boy in the end. Always. Ugh, the NFL, man. Um, The NFL. No, so, so that's why, like, and I don't feel like, I mean, listen, we've been living through a pandemic and a quarantine and a lockdown for the last... 10 months. So I don't know if I'm really in like the most rational place to be like, I think the bills are going to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm not, not saying that I guess is my point. Um, so let's move on. Like it's, I guess, sorry, I'll just make one more thing. It's not that I see 
the Bills 100% doing it. It's just that I kind – it's not that I see them being the best team. I see them being better than all the other teams. That's kind of it. Well, I definitely see them being better than the Colts, the Steelers, the Browns, the Titans, and the Ravens. Like, all. So then it comes down to the Chiefs, basically. Yeah, that's what I think. Which is, like, why I hope one of these games goes the um, more – Like, I thoroughly – unexpected way – rankings that yeah what so they I think that's where like if one of these games goes the unexpected way it changes the entire thing that's exactly um so, but I definitely also agree that the Titans and the Ravens it doesn't really matter in my eyes who wins that game because I think mm-hmm. that they're going to be out by the next round okay um okay so, so NFC wild card playoffs we have the Saints Bay, versus the Bears and I feel the same way about Green Bay as I do about the Bills I think Green Bay has just been doing it longer that was good. I yeah. like I, that came out into but popped into my head and I liked it and I went with it. Green Bay and Bills it? play similar football in my opinion, but I think that Green Bay has been doing it for far longer and that's why they have a buy and the Bills don't. Yeah, and that's uh, why they're just And the NFC's bad too. So that's yeah. I don't know if that's why, but That's definitely why. Okay. Um, you Saints go. Bears. Saints. Yeah. Because because I don't that and I know it sounded like I was like questioning that but it's because I just don't and this is giving away my my Washington football team take as well is that I just am having not trouble but like it just doesn't make any sense to me how in the AFC the least amount of games won by a team is 11 and then in the NFC you make the playoffs um at eight and eight like yeah. I don't know. It just feels like it's different. And, yeah. and again, that, so I take new Orleans and then I'll let you give your take in one second, but just then transitioning that into Washington, like again, the most games, the least amount of games, one of the AFC is 11 games. And then in the NFC, Washington won seven games. They have a below 500 record and Chicago's eight and eight, the seventh seed. Washington is four, the fourth seed at seven and nine and that just doesn't make any fucking sense and that's why I believe in relegation in the NFL um and I stand up for what you believe in (laughs) and it's just I don't know I don't mean to be like everybody gets a trophy here but like it just doesn't make any sense to me that there are better football teams in the NFC that don't make the playoffs because an NFC East team has to do it like that shit and I get it and I know why we do that but it that shit just makes no fucking sense. I see what y'all are trying to do on paper, but, but then when something like this happens, it's really hard to not talk about it and to just ignore the fact that that. Didn't so happen. then it's like, I mean, first of all, like what these rules were made in fucking 1969 or whatever they were made. Like it's time to, it's time to grow and learn a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Again, I get it. I get why it is. And in theory, one football team in every division should be good. But when it's something like this, like, first of all, let's talk about like viewings or not viewings, ratings, a Tampa Bay team with Tom Brady and all those guys and Gronk and whatever I say, she said half-heartedly because she's sad. Um, Um, No, I am happy for them. Good for them. Like playing Washington and they're the lower seed makes absolutely no sense. And that's not a secret, but it's just like, let's talk about like level of competitiveness here. Like wouldn't a game of Tampa Bay playing a team that like, I don't know. I can't even think of one at the top of my head, but that like was a really good contender this season be more fun to watch. Whatever. Like maybe I'm not the NFL commissioner, so I'll shut up about it. Um, 
But I definitely would take the Saints also just because I just don't think the Bears, like, have it. Yeah. Just, Bears in Washington, no. like, it doesn't even make sense. They're, like, I happy for they them, don't, like, They're not motivated because I think that being, like, the seventh seed in it and playing someone like a team like the Saints is like, okay, well, I'm just happy to be here, but I don't think I'm going far. But thanks for letting me be a part of it, guys, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I think their yeah. vibe is going in to this weekend. Um, okay, so then we have the Seahawks and the Rams. I'm taking the Seahawks. Me too. Um, I, actually, I take it back. I'm taking the Rams. Um, I was, I was, I know I was very divided. And then once I said it out loud, it didn't sound right. Um, I'm taking the Rams. I think that's going to be a very good game though. Yes. And I don't have a good reason for that. Like, I don't have any, I think this player is going to do this or whatever. Like, I don't really have any good matchup stats on that. I just, it feels right. I think it's like a total throw up for me because we've seen the Seahawks and Russell Wilson at like their best, but then like, we've also seen them do so bad. Like, he was my fantasy quarterback, and he has done great things, but also has been terrible sometimes. So I think it's like whatever mindset that the Seahawks go into it with really matters. Like how that game day morning goes for them matters so much, in my opinion. And the Rams have like this kind of like young, like grit to them that I just kind of can't seem to not talk about. Um, I mean, they're definitely going through some things like in their quarterback position, but I still think that they can, there's a chance, like not a small chance, but there's a good chance that they still can manage to win this game. If they hold the Seahawks to low scoring offense, which they have done in the past, like two games that they played, they limited them to 36 points. Mm -hmm. So I think that if that gets inside of the Seahawks head, like, Oh, these guys kind of, did their work on us in the regular season, they might not do so great going into the playoffs. Well, so that was kind of my, like my thing of like, why might, and I might be going back to the Seahawks. I, you know what? I'm abstaining from this vote. Cause I don't know because the, the, the quarterback situation for the Rams is what initially leads me to pick the Seahawks. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying now because I just, I really could see it either way. So we'll just throw that one up there. Okay, so I guess I'll Washington, go Seahawks, Bucks. but I don't want to talk about it. Um, Bucks, Bucks, obviously. Yeah. I, I think so too. I don't think that Washington. I don't think they're getting further than that. But I, I also like kind of have mixed emotions on Chase Young's whole Tom Brady, I'm coming for you thing. Like I kind of understand what he was trying to do from a PR point of view, but it just didn't go with me because like, like uh-huh. I don't know. It's kind of like a whoa that's tom brady like yeah i mean like i i appreciate the the angst for sure i guess like the passion in it like i get it but it's still like nah i don't know because you will look like an idiot if tom brady turns it on the way that tom brady will turn it on because it's like that's the other reason why i picked the bucks it's like very hard to ignore like we already talked about the messed up seating of it all so when you're looking at it and you see Washington at four and the Bucks are at five that doesn't really mean anything to me but it's like how can you ignore the fact that Tom Brady is so good in the playoffs like you just I can't ignore it and the fact that he's been to so many Super Bowls like he has the most poise out of all the quarterbacks going into this weekend that's it yeah I don't care if he's in on a new team and everything's different now like you can't teach that type of poise you just can't 
you can learn from it from experience, but right now he's the one who's leading in experience. Yeah. Um, so who do you see in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I think I've made like 800 predictions during this episode and I'm just sound silly at this point. And every, like I kept, every time we were going through it, to be honest with you, I would like to see the Chiefs win a back-to-back Super Bowl. I can't stop thinking about why I think it's Buffalo and I, I don't want to pick them, but I can't. I'm like starting to get stressed about it. I keep looking at it and being like, I had, first of all, we went, I went into this with a pick and just threw that all out the window immediately. We start, immediately, the moment we started talking. Who's your, who was your original pick? It was, no, I can't even remember now. Um, this, it was another one of those. Oh, I'll remember this. I don't need to write it down. Um, Here's the journal. <laughs> legit. Kansas City, New Orleans. Okay. Um, maybe I'll just go with that. That's like I don't know. I really I don't know if I think that I don't know if the Chiefs are gonna make the the Super Bowl. Why am I visibly stressed about this? You look really stressed. <laughs> because I because I so badly How about every week before we record we'll, we'll like, talk about it. We'll about do like, it and hard, like say the same and I we'll think there's up. a part of me I okay, here's honestly where I think this is coming from. I think I want to pick the Bills so badly because it's just been such a weird year and I think that would be really fun. And so I think it's more like that's – I think that might be who I want to go to the Super Bowl. But yeah, but is it, like, what's going to be – Because after. I just think – because, honestly, like, any sort of, like, sh- like losing streak breaking just warms my heart, and I feel like I need a little bit of that mm-hmm. recently. So I think that's why I lean towards it, but it's not going to happen. So Chiefs, um, New Orleans. Because I think – um, Because really... – Oh, because the first round by in the NFC – the first round bye in the NFC has fewer wins or has the same amount of wins than the second seed in the AFC. So, because like who, like besides the Saints, like no, I, don't I do think the Hawks are going to the Super Bowl. Like I don't know, maybe. Like I'm looking at these. I'm not crying, by the way. I'm just like because I just woke up. I feel, I feel like I was all stressing out. It sounds like I'm crying about it. Um, cry about football. It's okay. Do it. There is crying in football. Uh, there's crying there's in There's so many sports. teams, though, we, and you talked about this, like, in the AFC that I'm like, yo, I could see this. But then it's like I'm looking at these NFC teams, and I'm like, I just don't know. They're just so, like, average. No, you know why I'm so damaged in this predict- prediction making is because – or, like, in this take having – um, is because I just feel like this NFL season was so weird that I like, I'm just, I'm trying to expect the unexpected and I, I just feel like I, I can't trust stats. I can't trust records. I can't trust any of it. So I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, do you have any parting words on this matter? No, I don't. I'm just really excited to watch them. I'm really excited too. The level of stress we're feeling in this means it's going to be a good play. I think it's going to be. No one else gets COVID. Ugh. Right, they that just like needs to stop. Can we have some regulations for once? Yeah, it they they gotta go. Like, okay, tweets of the week. Let's wrap this up. Tweet of the week. Do you ha- are you ready or do you want me to go? Tweet of the week. You go. <laughs> Why? Why are you laughing one. like that? Because oh, I don't have one. Okay. I completely forgot. <laughs> I completely um, forgot about it. As many, maybe not everybody might know yet, but um, Kelly Loeffler 
um, lost the Senate, re uh, not re-election, the uh, runoff to um, Re Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, and the WNBA did a ton of campaigning for Warnock this past um, season. Now, if you don't know the story, um, Kelly Loeffler owns, um, she's a minority owner of the, NB the WNBA um, Atlanta Dream. And the Atlanta Dream was a very big part in Warnock's campaign. Um, they did a lot of campaigning for him. They were big fans of his. So anyways, the point being, Raphael Warnock won the election, which is awesome. Um, and now, and someone tweeted, Kelly Loeffler can now devote 100% of her time to owning a team whose players publicly hate her fucking guts. <laughs> Shout out to the WNBA and to Stacey Abrams for organizing beyond what I thought was even possible for organizing and electing um, Warnock in Georgia. And I don't know if John Ossoff won yet. I don't think anybody knows. No, um, I don't think it was called yet. Okay, cool. Um, um, that's much stressful really in the last election. Like, I have super to say, embarrassing. right? Like you own a team. Like, I would just be like, why? Like, why do you want to do that? I don't get it. And they just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Just like invest in some other thing. Like, why do you? Have to why do are you get? Yeah, like you just yeah. Like, why are you here? You don't want to be here. I just literally just passed the tweet that you read. That I just that I just said. Um. Yeah, and so Ooh. I mean. It, Good you one. that one okay i was gonna mo i was gonna rant about yeah, um the, it's the one right underneath the one that you tweeted okay um, what's up okay gummy birth control why aren't we working harder on this i think i liked that too yeah you did um, <laughs> so that's actually i saw that yesterday as well and i thought it was really funny because i was buying i was re buying vitamins yesterday i take vitamin d supplements um i don't know why i said that um but the gummies are so much more expensive than the regular, just like little tablets or whatever. Um, it's super fun to eat. You're like, oh, I feel like a kid again. Anyways, um, this has been, been another episode of Thrown Down. Shout out to the WNBA and to Stacey Abrams. That's my personal shout out of the week. Um, because I don't think they get, I know they're getting a lot of credit now. I still don't think it's enough. And shout um, out to the Red Sox. Shout out to the Red Sox. Ugh. A lot of good, a lot of good happening recently. A lot of bad, but also some good. Um, all right, this is another episode of Throwing Down um, with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffey Levine. I'm Jess King, and remember, guys, it's never just sports. We will see you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>